Hello everybody and welcome to Nearly 30s. I'm Luke and I'm Mike and today we're gonna talk about a more serious topic which is depression. So Mike, what would you say it's a good cure for depression if it can be cured at all? <clears throat> Why don't you start off with defining uh, depression I guess? Mm. What does it mean to you? I guess it's when like a person has like very low mood, uh, and then like antisocial behaviors, suicidal thoughts. So all this falls under the umbrella of depression. Yeah. Okay. And do you think there's a cure for it, or do you think it is part of like genetical makeup or something? Mm, I know that because um, there's there's a school of thought that is like. Um, we have one school of thought which is. Depression is caused by things in the past. So maybe traumatic childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, there is the thought whereby, school of thought whereby it's just a chemical imbalance in the brain. So which do you believe? Which school of thought? Uh, I think it's both. As in like partially it's chemical imbalance, but uh, a lot of it stems from trauma or... uh, yeah, trauma, or it can also be um, genetic in the sense that it can be passed on from like a parent to a child. So if a parent is like, uh, has like so in their family tree, if like they have recurring like depressed like members, uh, family members who are depressed, it can actually uh, passed on, uh, be passed on. So so you think both cases are valid? Yeah, but in the sense that uh, the chemical imbalance is only like more of like a short term cure. So like let's what say you when you are depressed, then you go to uh see a doctor and then they give you antidepressants, right? What it does is it helps to elevate like some of your symptoms, which is to make you less like um less moody, like uh have lesser thoughts as it makes you so it basically treats your symptom, but it doesn't treat your underlying cause. Your underlying cause mm. most likely is something traumatic or uh a certain uh event, like major event that has happened in your life, basically. Yeah. But let's say if it's genetic, then you can't really choose, right, in that case. Mm. So for people with that kind of depression, what then? Like, do you just take medication for the rest of your life? Like, is that the answer? I think there are ways to uh, combat it, I guess. Like, sort of, you have to safeguard yourself in the sense that uh, you have to be very self-aware of, like, how you're feeling, etc. And okay. you have to make it known to others that... um. If let's say like let's say your friends or families, people that you're close with, if you're feeling down or etc., or if they notice that you are like uh, behaving like less than your usual self, then they can sort of like sound sound out to you, uh, so that you can at least be made known that oh you might be actually going through an episode etc. Mm. Yeah, but I think the general cure, I think a lot of it has to do with I think just social socializing, um, yeah, having people that you know you can trust, uh, and you know that you can. Talk to, yeah. I think it's the it's the best form of how say solution. It's sort of like therapy, just that it's not on a professional basis. Okay. In that case, so you believe the cure is not medical. Yeah, I don't think it's like there's there's a way to like just um turn it off. Because if let's say if it's like genetic, uh, why then if it's passed on, then basically it's just means that you're more prone to, uh being uh going down a like sort of like a negative spiral. Mm. Yeah, so basically you will have negative thoughts and then you will uh keep thinking about 
negative things. Uh. So let's like, say something bad happened, then you will think about a lot of things. Then you will become depressed. Yeah. So it's more of like a series of events happening and then you will spiral downwards. So if you can, if you know like what, what are the things to look out for, etc., then you can uh, better prevent yourself from going into the, the start of a cycle, I would say. Because like okay. depression like happens in like uh like sort of like a period, episodic kind of thing. It sounds like this is quite like a complex issue. So you have like the external factors mm. and then internally like you might not be so called healthy. Yeah. So it's a combination of both. Mm, I would say as in from my understanding, I would say so. Okay. Yeah. But obviously like the the trauma that which is very specific to the individual is uh, like different. Uh. So everyone has a different sort of underlying cause. So it's diff- difficult for like friends or family to actually fully also understand. Yeah. I guess that's where the difficulty comes in for the depressed person and those around them. Mm. Because it is quite hard to empathize when you don't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that case, how can like someone better understand like a depressed person like how would a depressed person be like to talk to i guess i guess you have to be non-judgmental and then just be very open-minded like um don't like what's that called don't belittle uh, the feelings that they are telling you like let's say it's a like they feel they feel that uh, they feel angry or they feel sad about something but to you it might feel like it's a very small issue but to a depressed person it can be actually very huge so you shouldn't okay. like look down on the uh, whatever feelings that they are, they mention uh, negative feelings that they are mentioned. So generally, you should not like be judgmental and just be open minded. Mm. Yeah, as, it as goes back to the yeah. yeah, it goes back to the point of not trying to solve someone's problem but just listening. Yeah, right. Yeah, because like okay, on from your perspective, like the solution might be easy, but like when the person is in probably in that cycle or in that negative spiral, it's hard for them to. To get out of it. Yeah. Mm. Do you think medication can help all individuals? All individuals? I think, like, obviously, like, some individuals would be more, uh, how to say, compatible with certain medications. So, I guess it's a, like, try and error. Like, if, from my understanding is that, like, uh, doctors would try to prescribe different type of medication to see which is more suitable. Okay. So, what if, what if medication doesn't work? Mm. What's the next step? If, in that case, so then you have to examine, like basically, you have to talk of therapy. Oh. The next step would be the next natural step is um therapies, right? Yeah. To go visit a therapist regularly. Yeah, I was supposed that it's a like a, a dual approach. Basically, they give medication for the short term to elevate the short term in the short term in the short run, so that you don't feel like lethargic, etc. Like, yeah. you don't feel like doing anything, etc. And then um the therapy will be the long term solution, which is ongoing. Do you believe in therapy? Do you go for therapy? Because from my understanding, now it is so widespread knowledge. It's a widespread knowledge that um, therapy helps people. So it becomes a lot more common Mm. to the point where there are now therapy apps. You know, you can just voice call your therapist or text your therapist. It, It has reached that stage where therapy is so accessible. Right. Yeah. So for for you personally, do you have a therapist? No. But uh, if let's say you are facing with um, like a major event in your life, 
I think it's a mm. good idea if you don't feel comfortable talking to like your friends or family to seek a therapist, basically. Because like they are a third party that is impartial. Like they won't, by, by profession, they are not supposed to be judgmental. They are just there to like help you to be a listening ear, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I fail to think about is the fact that we treat therapists and doctors almost as if they are above everyone else. So what I mean is that because of their background and training, right, and them as professionals, I almost subconsciously put like 100% trust in them. Okay. And I've always failed to see that they are failable as well. Mm. Because a therapist might be there to sell you drugs so that they can earn more money, right? But how can you tell as a patient that this is going on? You can't. I'm not sure about um, like other countries, but I think mm. like local means in Singapore, like the therapists don't prescribe drugs. Only they do, they do. They do. Uh? Yeah. Oh, okay. They, they prescribe medication for depression and other conditions. So uh, my understanding is basically a psychiatrist is someone that can prescribe drugs a psychologist is someone that uh, basically uh, lets you I think um, brings you through therapy but someone can be both right uh, I will assume so la. so it might yeah. be a better choice to just go to a person that is um, like very specific la, basically a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, so you separate you prevent the like what you mentioned the conflict of interest yeah. right okay yeah. so in your opinion this is the second step so we are talking about therapy do you believe that therapy works? Do you believe that therapy works? Therapy works to the extent in which the individual uh, wants to help him or herself. What do you mean? So uh, basically it means that it's only, it will only work if you are willing to open up and you are willing to want to get better. Okay. So on the patient's end, they need to have some, some sort of goal but what if they are in such a bad place that it's impossible for them? What then? Yeah, so when that's the case, then that's the reason why there's medication. Basically, the medication is to bring you out of like that very deep, deep, deep hole to uh, like, a good enough level so that you can actually uh, attempt to help yourself. Okay. Do you have any other like thoughts about depression? I think like there's still a lot to to know about it, I guess. Uh, like because the field is still like generally like mental disorder like used to <clears throat> sorry about that used to still be looked down upon so like I think it has only been like only in the recent like probably 30 or 50 years have they been uh, lesser stigma put into it yeah yeah so like now more and more people are actually uh, studying about it and understanding about it and it's actually not something to be afraid for of I guess like, it's pretty normal for uh, a person to be depressed. Like, if, let's say, they go through a very traumatic event. Like, let's say, imagine if you are an individual, um, and then uh, you're married, you have kids, then you've been through a car accident, and your spouse and your kids actually passed on. It's, it's traumatic, right? So, like, if, let's say, you're the surviving, the only survivor in the car crash. Yeah. So, it's logical that the likelihood that this person will be depressed for some period of time, yeah, is very high. What? What are some like mindsets or hacks that you know that 
can counteract like depression? Or do you think that all these are considered like voodoo shit? Mm. Like when depression actually hits, like all these hacks don't actually like matter. I guess like uh, a lot of things that are being, I think it's just, it's not really like hacks, uh, it's just um, habits. So mm, uh, okay. things that can help elevate like depression are like exercise. I think that's well known. Uh. So like if you exercise regularly, at least you can reduce the possibility of you going back into an episode. Then another thing is, I guess, having um, what I call a schedule. So like people that are prone to depression, uh, the likelihood if they do not have a, like a schedule that they, that they stick to, they would fall back into um, like old patterns. So like, okay. let's say if you don't have a schedule, you don't keep yourself uh, busy, etc. Then you might just choose not to do something. Then after that, you will just go down the cycle of, oh, since I'm not doing anything, then oh, I might as well just do nothing, then do nothing, do nothing. Then after that, fall into a depressive state, basically. That is one thought pattern that depressed people have, right? Like the, they call it like the black and white thinking. It's like all or nothing. Like if, if I don't get this, I'm not gonna get like anything. Yeah. Okay. So after um, scheduling, mm. I have one. <clears throat> I think it's important to not like put yourself in situations that stresses you out. I think stress and like psychological like torment might make depression worse. So let's say at work your boss is like extremely like abusive verbally or maybe you always have very very tight deadlines. I think all these will affect like the mental state, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But all this is uh, on the pre requisite that like the person is self aware enough. Uh. Sometimes the person is not self aware enough to know that like uh all these are like stressors that cause the person to be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of it still, I think, stems down to the the individual being self-aware enough of his illness. So he shouldn't, he or she shouldn't uh, be ashamed of it. Uh. He, he or she should explore the idea that, I think uh, another uh, important fact is that everyone should uh, accept that they, there is a likelihood for them to fall into depression. Okay. Yeah. Because if you know that y- there is a, possibility that you can actually fall into depression um it sort of like gives you the idea that you are not uh impenetrable okay yeah so then when you do go into the if you do fall into depression then the chances that you would accept it and then you would uh, want, seek, want to seek help uh, from friends family or professional help is higher because you know that oh uh, it's it's just normal it's normal for humans to actually feel depressed you, you can't be always happy right yeah in that case, do you have other like pointers on how to climb out of depression? I think the fourth one I can think of would be I think we mentioned this before, but like gratitude. But I'm not exactly sure if this would help because gratitude only helped myself, but then I don't consider myself to have depression. Yeah. Mm. Like gratitude kind of kinds of like trains your mind to think of positive things instead of always focusing on the negative so you realize that your life is indeed like good right yeah like you 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 have a lot of things in life which usually are in your peripheral or taken for granted and that helped me to appreciate my life more i guess mm. yeah yeah i think that is a, also a good like sort of habit you can have <clears throat> inculcate basically like maybe you can just 
uh, at the end of the day, maybe have just three things that you feel like gratitude towards uh, every day. Then once it becomes a habit, it becomes easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. So end of the day, a lot of things lies on the individual, which is something that is very hard to like cure. Because if you like, it's a, because if you don't help yourself, then no one else can help you because it's a sort of like a lonely, lonely battle. Basically it's a battle against yourself. Hmm. That, that sounds quite sad, I guess. Sorry, what? That sounds quite sad. Yeah, but like, because like the, your, because the thoughts are with you, right? Unless one day we are capable of like reading someone's thoughts. If not, then we will never know what someone else is thinking. Like with current uh, medical and techn- technology. There's no way for me to know what, what you're exactly thinking at this moment in time. The only way for me to know is if you express it yourself or you choose to uh, let me know, basically. Yeah. But if you choose not to let me know, then like there's only so much I can do for you. There's only, like I can be there for you. I can, um, yeah, I can comfort you, etc. But like, does me being there will uh, actually help you to get out of the, like all the negative thoughts that you have? Unlikely, right? You still have to try to, yeah, pull yourself out. Mm. Yeah. So you believe that it's more up to the person to climb out of depression? Yes. Like a majority of the effort. Lah. Yeah. Once once the person chooses to want to climb out of it, then I guess like um like all the things then will fall in place, like your friends and families will be there to support you, etc. Then um like all the professional help will be more um like useful, I guess. Okay. Because like assuming like let's say if you're depressed and then you choose not to talk to your therapist at all, then like no matter how many times you visit the therapist, it will still be for nothing, right? Because you're always there in silence. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're you are actually looking for help, but you're not, uh, the help is not effective. I want to talk about um, a case study mm-hmm. that I came across. So it's about Jordan Peterson and his daughter. Mm. So his daughter found a way to cure her own depression, which is through eating a meat-only diet. Do you think that it's helpful? Or do you think that's just because they have an autoimmune disease and that diet specifically helps that disease so that the depression doesn't come? I think it's uh like very like tailored to a specific individual because like for them is that they have very a lot of uh, different other symptoms. So like one of the things that you mentioned is that they have autoimmune disease. So my yep. from what I understand is basically I believe it's because they are able to um through that diet, they are able to, uh, what's that called? Sort of cure their autoimmune disease. So as a result, they don't exhibit so much other symptoms. And then the depression becomes more much milder. Because imagine if, let's say, you have an autoimmune disease, right? Then it's really so tough for you already. But at the same time, you still have to deal with depression. It's like sort of like a double whammy. Yeah. But assuming that if, let's say, you elevate the autoimmune disease to like nothing, then you only have to deal with your depression. It's much easier for the individual to then deal with the depression. Okay. Yeah. So it's just, but from my mm. from my knowledge, that diet cured their depression. So the autoimmune might be linked to the depression, as the same like disease or something. That one, because we don't know the medical condition specifically. Yeah. And even they themselves do not fully understand why, like they were cured. But I just thought that it was such a interesting case. I guess because. Mm. On their end, their depression was pretty extreme, I would say. Mm. Like, on the verge of um, not getting out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. 
So for this, like, like I'll just state still state the same thing. Like, it's like very in the like based on individualistic, uh, yeah. So case by case basis. Like there's no, I, I don't think there's a cure or end of the day, because the issues that everyone is combating is different. What do you think is a reason for depressed people to want to commit suicide? Because the the phrase always goes like it's easier than living or there's no point in living. Mm. So so what what gets a person up to that point? I think it's when they feel that the amount of suffering that they are suffering while living is more is so unbearable that they choose to rather just end it. Mm. Yeah. But but bring me through that like mental state, I guess. Like what what do you think goes on behind that? Because if we really think about it as a bigger picture, right? A lot of people go through extreme suffering but are not suicidal. So what causes someone to be suicidal in that case? Is it like a sense of like hopelessness? Like nothing matters anymore? Definitely. Yeah, but I as in I don't know how to pinpoint exactly. Yeah, but like I would suppose like a sense of hopelessness is one. Or, or generally, they do not have uh, good coping mechanisms, which is like, um, like, uh, like just now you mentioned that people like go through great suffering, but they don't have suicidal thoughts, right? I would suppose that yeah. they just generally have good coping mechanisms in the sense that like, even if they go through suffering, they know that um, they can cope with it, etc. Then uh, there's like, they still can gain something out of it, or etc. Or like, end of the day, like, um, it's not something worth um, troubling yourself over. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot of factors. So basically, when the I would say when the person is depressed and has suicidal thoughts is like oh, the because you are suicidal but you also have negative thoughts so the negative thoughts lead to you re- reinforcing the suicidal thoughts it's like a uh it's a reinforcing notion I I would suppose so it's like a loop huh? yeah because the negative okay. like multiplies with the negative and then like just spirals down then what exactly is able to stop this chain of thoughts. Is it like a train ability whereby you intentionally like force yourself to stop thinking like that? Or is that even possible at all? I think it's possible to train yourself to like stop certain like thoughts. But like then you also take time. Like it's not something that can be done um at will if you have never uh if you don't know that you'll actually uh, go into such thinking patterns, right? Mm. Because like what happens is basically the person re uh, ruminates uh, basically keep thinking negative thoughts then um, if you don't know that you are at that stage right you wouldn't know that you uh, you wouldn't know how to help yourself out of that stage okay yeah so because I read an article so it was about this guy who apparently he was suffering from depression and he wrote in the article that he cured himself by saying the word stop whenever like he had all these thoughts running yeah. So what he's doing is basically he's training his mind like a habit. Like, basically he knows that right. when he says like a trigger word then like he should fall into this pattern. But obviously it's also a process that he has gone through probably weeks or months. Yeah. yeah it's so, not something that like oh if you were to do it today, like instantly you'll be cured. Hmm. The difference is so initially when he started, so let's say day one, maybe he say it like hundred and fifty times. Then day two a bit lesser. Then maybe um after a month you say it like fifty times a day then it gets lesser and lesser. So he said that it was a, 
it's a learned ability. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's not like a natural thing, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a habit, basically. But like, obviously, it's also on the, like, like I mentioned just now, it's like on the pre like the pre-notion that he wants to help himself. If he if he had a, didn't have the will or willpower to want to do it, right, he would have like gave up halfway through, right? Or he wouldn't have started like wanting to help himself. But do you think that works? Like the the stop thing? Yeah, definitely. Because it prevents you from going down uh, like a negative path. Right? So you know that you have this, uh, uh, what's that called? You have uh, a tendency to uh, think towards the negative. Then you prevent yourself from even going down that path so that like, you don't even think about the negative things. Then okay. obviously you won't uh, go down the, and then you won't go down a rabbit hole until you reach the, like a very bad state. I've noticed you keep like bringing up like the spiral. Mm. What what is the spiral? It's, it's basically um when negative things keep reinforcing because like you know there's pos- positive reinforcement, right? Then there's like, can you give me like a verbal example, like how how a single thought can like spiral? Okay, so assuming we use the case where just now like I mentioned the survival in the car accident. Okay. Then um he might have just a simple thought of like, oh, it's his fault. But yeah. actually it wasn't his fault. He was driving the car, but the accident wasn't caused by him. Right? Uh, as in this case, we assume the accident was caused by a third party. Uh. Okay. Yeah. But he assumed that the death of his spouse and his children is his fault. Mm. So he keeps thinking about this. Then he feels that it's better for him to just uh, die than to do anything, right? Right. So then he stops. Uh he stops going to work. He stops uh, uh meeting with his friends. He stops uh visiting his family members, then he just stays at home, right? Then eventually, maybe he just stops eating, just lies on the bed and do nothing. Then he's always alone with his thoughts, right? Then basically, like, all the negative things leads to uh, him isolating himself such that uh, his his view of the world, etc. is very uh, negative. Like, he thinks everything is pointless, use, uh, no point, uh, what for he's living for, then eventually he suicides. Because, like, there's no one to assist him or to pull himself out, out from the, that situation. But do, do you think that is, that is a case because when someone is feeling that depressed, right, they do not want to face anyone because they will have to put a mask. Like, the issue of putting on a mask is like really exhausting. That's why they actively avoid people. That's what I get from people in general who find it difficult to put up a front. Mm. Like, they might be chirpy or just happy, right? Yeah. Or maybe, like, very humorous, but mm. the back end is, like, depression. Yeah. But I think that that, that in your example, um, te- technically, in my example, it, the likelihood that he would, like, fall into that spiral is uh, less likely uh, because, like, people will notice uh, because he had a major event that happened to him, right? Like, your f- friends and your family members who have known that, uh, like you have been through a car accident, then they'll be there to support you. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's ignore like a big, huge incident yeah. happened. Like I'm just a, like people generally that you talk to and you don't know if they are depressed or not, then it's very hard to know. Yeah. Okay. Because then it's only, in, it's only that, yeah. Yeah. In that case, right? Why do you think they have to put on a front? Be- is it because like they feel that if they are not this cheerful person, they will lose their friends? Or if they are not a certain way, then people won't like them. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with like more a lot of it is like stigma. So like um 
generally like mental illness is not looked like it's frowned upon i guess like in uh in more of like the asian society yeah i guess it's not very like well looked upon by family members or yeah or friends so and another thing is i would suppose that um asians tend to not be so open like as general uh, on average so we won't uh we don't actively share our feelings etc with others as well so it's yeah. because it's a it's like if you're depressed then it's called sort of like like a feeling emotion so um like they just have the tendency to want to avoid uh, confronting the issue at hand basically yeah hello 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 i'm here you're here okay yeah but your anyway there's a uh, some malfunction uh, the video hang <laughs> okay and we let's 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 move out to like a like a bigger picture and maybe we can think more along the lines of how we can like help depressed people right like what 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 can we do in that case to help people who are depressed as an individual as a society or what as a as, as a government? no us personally Sorry. individual individuals yeah um as individuals i guess uh you have to be more aware of your surrounding i don't know like um if you know of your friends or family that um they are just maybe more understanding i guess like you have to be more understanding because they might react differently to certain triggers or they might feel more strongly yeah in terms of like sadness so maybe it's it's like a small thing but then it affects them to a greater detail mm. possible so i guess being understanding and probably to educate yourself on on the whole issue i guess because if if you are ignorant of depression as a topic right you you won't know like what are the wrong things to say or how to approach a person yeah because the old school of thinking of depression is that you are just like sad so often people say to depressed people like snap out of it or something right mm-hmm. yeah uh, so yeah yeah for for your case how do you think you can help like someone who's depressed as in uh assuming that if you you know the person is depressed or not doesn't you do not know the person is depressed you know if you know then um i guess it's good to like share your um how's it your your fears and your basically share your emotions with the person to let them know that like you are as in someone else is also someone else also has uh negative thoughts but um like there are ways or things that you they do to actually help to alleviate the situation or the emotion okay so basically open yourself up to the person so that the person is more likely to open up uh their own emotions to you so because you take the first step to be more open um chances that the other party would reciprocate is also higher i see yeah so it boils down to like communications yeah okay how do you know of anyone who is depressed as in i do i have family members who are depressed uh, but like we don't really talk about it like it's not something that like we talk about though okay yeah and for for your case right would you want to talk to them i think it depends a lot on um like how well you 
you interact with the person before. So like before, if assuming that uh, this is a family member and, if, and you hardly talk to the person um, prior to you knowing that the person is depressed. Let's say it's a cousin, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't see them often, mm. maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. Then uh, I think uh, I think if you were to approach it like uh, too suddenly, like trying to want to help, right? It can be quite off-putting to the other party. Okay. Yeah. But obviously that you can be subtle about it in the sense that like um, you can just uh, leave comments like saying that uh, if there's anything tough, you can actually talk to me. And then if the person choose to approach you and then uh, then that would be a better case. I don't think it's like, because like if you hardly interact with the person, then it's like very awkward for you to to like just go to a person and then like oh, talk a lot of things about like you know everything like that. Because you, you have never known the person well enough like how they are living, like what, what have they gone through, etc. these kind of things. Okay. Yeah. Because if it's a cousin that you meet once or twice a year, it's like the likelihood that you, you the, the talks that eh, is in the conversation that you have is very surface level. Like, oh, how are you doing? Like, what's your job? Uh, you're studying what, etc. Yeah. You wouldn't know about like uh, their recent, like have they gone through any traumatic events, etc. Yeah. Any thoughts? Final thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh? I guess um, if you're depressed, um, only questions that you have about depression questions I have I don't really have any questions but like, I guess like final thoughts would be that if like anyone who is depressed I guess um, it's important to know that like I know it's cheesy but like you're not the only one facing it but um, do uh, try to find someone to talk to someone that you feel is trustworthy enough that um, you can talk to be a friend a family or maybe just a professional like a therapist yeah Talk to them uh, and hopefully be, be open enough so that uh, so that you can help yourself uh, get better help. Yeah. Okay. And that ends it for this episode of Nearly 30s.